Hello, my name is Kyle Katz, and I will be having a conversation with Lenny. Lenny. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lenny Yesner. Mm -hmm. Did I say it right? Mm hmm. And I will be having a conversation with Lenny Yesner for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's Community Oral History Project. This is an oral history project centered on the experience of trans identifying people. It is 42917, and this is being recorded at Sage in Midtown New York in the utility closet. <laughs> okay, Lenny, um, thank you so much for agreeing to participate in the project. And. Da, 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 da. Let's start with, tell me about your childhood. <laughs> tell me about your childhood and your feelings about gender-related things. Um, and, yeah. Oh, no, wait. I have things I have to say. Okay. Okay, so tell me your name and your age. Mm -hmm. My name is Lenny Yesner. I'm 32 years old. And what are your gender pronouns? They, them, and theirs. And how would you describe your gender? I am genderqueer, non-binary, trans person, uh, under the trans umbrella, the big, big, big umbrella, and um, I also like using the words gender fluid. Cool. And gender fucker. And <laughs> I think you should say about your t-shirt. Um, yes, and so uh, I also really... My, my gender feels very galactic. I'm wearing a shirt that has the the galaxy on it and um, the galaxy and like space and like the expansiveness of space um, plays a lot into um, how I how I envision myself and my gender and other people's gender and gender in general. When I see that shirt, I think of the the multitude of stars, the almost infinite we assume infinite, we don't know, mm -hmm. amount of stars as being all the many possible genders that there could be. And that gives me the freedom to be who I am. So I loved that metaphor. The first time I ever heard it was I was um, doing uh, a theater project um, about, uh, I was doing a theater project as a part of a, a master's in applied theater at CUNY, um, as I was saying before. but. Um, where I was creating a piece of theater, an educational piece of theater for fourth graders about gender beyond the binary. Oh, wow. And I had, was not out at all and, and had really thought about my gender, but hadn't, like, was like a really strong ally, but hadn't taken the steps to be like, no, this is you, boo-boo, you ah. know? And I was doing the work of making this theater piece, and I felt, so, I, was, I, would, I would stay up all night reading things. Like the entire night, I would read about gender and I would be like, oh, this, yes, this, yes, that. And a piece that I came across that really like ended up being a central part of the theater piece, but ended up being like a central part of my life was this piece on the Sylvia Rivera Law Project's website. Um, and it was like literally just called Trans 101. 
and it's like one of the best trans 101s I've ever read in my whole life. Um, and w at the one point in it, it says, um, what if we imagine gender instead of a spectrum, um, imagined it as an absolutely infinite number of points in the sky? Um, because on a spectrum, where would you fit like a butch sissy fag? Where would you fit like, you know what I mean? Like all the, all the ways in which like gender is so fucking beautifully diverse. Um, and yeah, it needs more dimensions. Exactly. Yeah. So in that theater piece that we ended up making, um, I made sure that at the at the the point in the theater piece where the like the gender, like non-binary gen like child with a non-binary gender who's sort of expressing their gender, um, the way the way the place where they start to come to terms with it is at a campfire looking up at the stars. So we like projected a night sky. Um, Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, whenever I start to feel, like, really kind of stuck in other people's vision of my gender or other people's vision of who I am um, and internalize, and that internalized stuff, I, like, go back to that image, and it really helps me, like, just let go. Um, but as far as my childhood, um, I was... I'm the only child of two Jewish parents from Queen, from both from Brooklyn, um, and... Um, I think so yeah. you're so New York I'm super New York yes I'm very New York both my parents um, were born and raised in Brooklyn so I'm a second generation New Yorker um, and uh, you know we're culturally Jewish in the way that like we definitely ID as Jewish but we're not religious at all mm -hmm. um, and growing up I um, I don't remember how I remember um, like I went to a very um, racially and ethnically and socioeconomically diverse elementary school. Mm -hmm. And so like what it meant to be a girl and what it meant to be a boy, like looked very different across a different young people's like, like versions of being at home and what it meant to be a woman and what it meant to be a man looked different in my home than in my friend's homes. Like, you know, I'd go to my friend's home and their mom would be wearing a sari and my mom, you know, like would look the way my mom, my mom looked. And so I, I was like, Oh, there's a lot of options here. Um, and I, I don't remember having a very strong, clear sense of my gender. I don't ever remember thinking that I was a girl, though. Um, and when I was a little kid, my mom always would say that I would, like, would go into the store and she would try to get me to put on, like, puffy, like, pink things, and I would refuse. Like, I just wouldn't even, and all I wanted to wear was Daffy Duck. Daffy Duck and anything with epaulets, like, shoulder pads, which I still rock shoulder pads, like, really hardcore. Um, <laughs> And I grew up um, and, and ended up going to like a pretty like normative high school in Queens and sort of like ending up falling into like a crowd of people who were pretty like, not, were not queer, were like very, very straight and like very, very like, um, I don't know, like cool kids in Queens. Like, so I wore long nails, like long acrylic fingernails, um, like lots of gel in my hair. Um, I was like really just trying to fit whatever it is that I thought I was supposed to be. And I was really afraid of like being like found out that I wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to try real hard to make this work. Um, what year was that? That was, uh, high school was from two, was 1998 to 2002. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to college in Grinnell, Iowa, uh, from Queens. And How was that? it was, it was interesting <laughs> And I should say that, like, in high school or in, in junior high, uh, in junior, maybe in, maybe as, as early as, as 9 or 10, I, like, knew I was something other than straight and something other than what I was supposed to be. Like, I didn't quite know what, but I knew, like, 
the things I was drawn to and the things I was reading, like, didn't, like, especially, like, was the internet, like, when I was, like, 12 and 13, as the internet was started to become a bigger part of my life, the things I would Google, you know, like, I would Google trans people, and I didn't know why. Like, I just, I just would. And, um, uh, at, like, 11. And, um... I knew, you know, I knew that I was interested in maybe women and men. And I had crushes on boys. Um, uh, and I had crushes, like, I just, I was like there, I had like a lot, a lot of curiosity. And I think that I, um, but I, I remember like knowing lesbians and being like, but I'm not that. I know I'm not that. I don't know why. I just know I'm not. And I remember being like in high school and like knowing some girls who came out as lesbians and being really jealous of them because I really just wanted to be a lesbian. I was like, if I could just say that that's what I am, it would be really easy, but I don't know what I am and it's not that and I don't know why and fuck, you know? Um, and so I did as bisexual for a long time or for a while, and but it never fit. I was always like, yeah, that's a, okay. If you want to use that word, fine, whatevs. Right. Um, labels. Labels, yeah. People require them, but yeah. they don't always fit. And I, you know, my, my, I had a very loving family. I was an only child, though, so there was, like, a lot of, like, you know, it was all, all on me to be, like, the good one, the bad one, you know, and I, I had a lot of um, trouble at home. Like, I just, I just fought all the time with my family, like, especially with my mother, like, all the time, like, knock down screaming fights, like, a level of rage that, like, didn't fit the situation, mm-hmm. and I think back now to, like, just what I was going through and how I didn't know how to handle it, um, and didn't have words for it, and so, sorry, mom, that I was such a little shit, um, and my mom was also struggling with stuff, with mental health, and, you know, my family, they were struggling with things, and I think I just really wanted to be stable and normal like I wanted some stability and some normalcy and so as I got into college I um I knew I was weird but I just I I sought out mostly straight relationships um and mostly straight friends and I would I knew that like the lesbian I knew who the lesbians were and like who the like gay community was but I I didn't even know how to access them like I didn't know how to talk to them I just was like very you know I, I would like avoid um, and ended up, uh, meeting my now ex-husband in college and we got into a relationship when I was a senior in college and then, um, we were together for five or six years and then got married. And, um, I think in all of that time, like I just was like being a version of myself, but not a full version. And I always knew like from when I was a little kid, like I'm just different. I don't know how. I just am. And, like, maybe I just... Maybe I'll just... Maybe one will happen is, like, when I'm 50, everyone I know will die, and I'll just get to live a new life. Which is very creepy and weird to say, but, like... And I know... And I I loved everyone in my life. It wasn't like I wanted anyone to actually die. I just thought maybe that's the only way I'll, like... I You know, I got lucky enough to find these people who love me and, like, who who, who like me and want to spend time with me. I got I got This is normal. And my ex-husband was, like, super, is, like, a super normal human. Like, he's just, like, a really good person. And, like, you know, and his family's, like, really loving and normal and all together. And I just, I was gravitating towards that. Um, Did you feel like your gender identity had something to do with you breaking up with him? um, He actually broke up with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I think that both of us trying to pretend to be people we weren't 
played into it. He wanted to go be a farmer, and I wanted to go be a gender fucker, queer, like, trans person, like, doing my thing, you know what I mean? And, like, a radical. And, and, and I think we were both, like, really trying to love each other, but, but also holding each other back in different ways. Um, and we were really young when we got together. So we had literally just sort of grew up together. And like I'm more, I, I realize now like things about him. I'm like I just like dressing that. Like I dressed him that way because I kind of like dressing that way, <laughs> you know. Um, but so then, then um, you know, I think as I, it's all been pretty recent, like in terms of like really being public and like talking a lot about things that I felt since I, you know, junior high. But had like now I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, that melt makes a lot of sense now. Like I get why I was Googling those things and I get why I was drawn to these things. And I get, you know, that, and I didn't know anyone in my life except for butch lesbians who were sort of like maybe more mask, even though I don't identify as mask, I definitely identify as femme and that's, but I'm not a woman. And so like, I didn't have any like role models of what that looked like. Um, and then I I um, met a couple people who were like gender fuckers and uh, I was like dating people who were like trans people and I was like oh like yeah and I, I still had this like I still I think I struggled with this idea of like well I'm I don't feel like I'm a trans man and so like that I that still I still fought it for a long time I was like you have, you know, funny gender feelings, but like everybody does. And I think I realized like not everybody does. <laughs> and I think I, 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 my like path in life is to like figure out how to like actually listen to the things I feel inside as opposed to just being like, it's okay. Just let it go. Let it go. It's fine. Um, and you know, it makes me think about all the people who like don't ever get the space to like play and experiment with their gender. And I feel very privileged. I am very privileged to be able to. That's why um, I thought it was so important to interview you because I feel like this is going to be clickable on the internet yeah. and somebody who's 11 is going to be able to listen to the story and they need as many options of how to be, you know, right. as possible. Yeah, I was like, apparently a straight woman who was married, or straight passing woman, you know, like, and when people who meet me now find out, they're like, what, you know? Uh, with like punky hair and like you know the way I dress now and I'm like I'm so much more comfortable in in, in my body now um, and uncomfortable in ways like I, I think I've, I'm like it's interesting because the more gender non-conforming I present in the world the more I feel like I you know parts of me that I've wanted to experiment with for a while like freak other people out in my life and suddenly they're like wait you're, oh you're really doing this oh we thought this was just a, like a little thing but now you're like really doing this as I think about you know what other transition spaces I want to to, to to go into you know with my body and with my with myself and can you give any concrete examples yeah um I mean I think that like um I definitely when I started using different pronouns um a lot of people were super loving and again that came from role modeling like I was living with someone who was using they them pronouns and I remember it was, it was just like a snap. I, it was just a click. I was like, my whole body relaxed. It was like I, I wanted to be around them just so I could say their name and use their, their pronouns. Um, and everybody else was like, God, this is so hard. And I was like, this is so easy. Like, this is the most natural thing in the world. And again, I realized like, oh, it's so, so natural. I can do this for someone else, but it's because I want it for myself. Um, 
and so started using they them pronouns I lost some friends some like people who were really close in my life and they would say I think that person maybe maybe most people would say maybe say that, that it wasn't because of that but I I I know in my heart that like that was part of it and they thought I was like a, seeking attention or making things difficult or being you know because they had known me so for so long in another way they were very and I, and I were really close you know that they I don't know they maybe felt betrayed by it or just like I was being selfish there's a lot of like you're being selfish or you're self-centered yeah. um, and that's I still sit with that you know it's I think I'm being real like you know um, and then as I've been thinking about you know whether or not I want to pursue hormones of any kind um, I think it's been a struggle for my mom um, but you know and this is pretty recent actually like we just had a conversation where you know she was like wait you're like really trans <laughs> you know and, and I felt I, and like I was like what like what are you and then I realized I was like oh th- you know I'm I'm sitting with this every day and she sees me every couple of you know every couple of weeks like every couple of weeks or whatever and and it's not it's not an everyday thing for her and this is hard for her and I at first it was really hard for me to hear that from her and then I realized like okay like I, I she's just she's gonna be where she's gonna be and then you know she like called p flag because <laughs> she's a, a obsessive googler like I am like once I started thinking about my gender I literally I got on tumblr and just like obsessed like I, I I again I would be up in the middle of the night reading about you know people joke about tumblr genders but like I think I learned more about my gender from tumblr and like 17 year olds as a third as a you know someone in my late 20s than anywhere else you know um so like talking about like trans elders but I think I actually like learned more from like trans kids um yeah which really, was really cool resonate with that yeah do you remember any specific things you read that maybe are still out there that yeah i like if you just google tumblr genders like there's a hundred different like me and christian used to like when we'd be freaking out about stuff or like both as like non-binary my friend who i also do the transgenerational theater project with would be kind of like having weird feelings about gender and i'd be like let's google the tumblr genders and we'd pull them up and it'd be like um cocoon gender like a gender that has yet to become Oh wow! You know, and I'd be like, I don't know if that's even. That, I mean, I would, I would say, is that even a thing? And then I go, well, who gets to decide what a thing is? You know, and like, I think it's out there. It's, it's out thing. there. It's a thing for somebody. It's a thing for somebody, and it brought me some peace in a moment when I needed it. Yeah. To be like, you know, I don't know what my my gender is. I'm a cocoon gender right now. I'm in a cocoon, and I'm about to come out. You know, and I think that that's just really cool. And no, I don't walk around telling people I'm cocoon gender, but. It, it, it's an internal identity that, that, that brings me a lot of peace. It sort of uh, reminds me of the whole unicorn and snowflake metaphors. And there's a way in which people say, oh, you're being selfish. You've got you've to be special. Like, you're, you're the only one. You're a snowflake. Or, right. you know, you're a unicorn. That's sort of derisive. Mm-hmm. And derogatory. And I feel like that's what all the points of stars in the galaxy are. We really need that to exist. Yeah, would you say, feel, like, to a star... I feel like, like... I'd rather need to say, no, it's not that I'm, like, a special snowflake and there's something wrong with that. It's you are a snowflake. Like, we're all snowflakes, every single one of us. Just, right. just get with the program and stop trying to put everybody in a box, you know? But I right. guess 
probably there have to be both ways. Maybe a whole body, lot of people, like, their gender is the box, and that's what and they I'm want. And I'm like, cool, you want to be in that box? I'm so glad for yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. We're happy for you to be in the box. Let us be snowflakes. And I would, and I don't know that, I don't know that I would love to be in the box. I don't actually think that's true. But, like, you know, I, maybe I wish I never had to think about this at all. You know, I could use brain space on something else and it would never be a thing. You know what I mean? Like, but I also think there's power in it. And so I embrace it because, like, um, I embrace the questioning of my gender. And, you know, like, uh, Christian was, like, one of the first people I ever told that I wanted to use different pronouns. And, uh, and like, as a loved one of mine who's also non-binary and was also using the them pronouns and still does. And, and is also, like, a gender fucker and awesome and, and such a role model to me. And... I just, I, we were at this like, like, uh, sort of like sex and identity camp in the woods and they were, and I just turned to them and I was like, I think, I, I think I have to tell you something. I, and I was so nervous to this loved one who I knew so well and who knew me so well. And I said, I think I have to tell you something. I think I, I think I need you to use different pronouns for me. And I think I need anyone who meets me to. And they were like, Fuck yeah, you do. Of course you do. Like, how does anybody move through the world and question this shit and then still come out cis on the other side? You know what I mean? Which I think is an exaggeration, like, because I know people who do question and and still come out cis. Um, That's a funny metaphor. Like, they come out of, like, a some sort of, like, transformation chamber. But um, I remember just feeling that and then feeling a lot of relief and a lot of support from other people in my life. And so I'm, I'm, I am like deeply blessed. And then this project, you know, and like being around like the theater project that we do and being around, um, a, you know, a multi-generational group of trans and gender non-conforming people. When we started this project, I was like, Christian and I were talking about doing a thesis project together. And I was like, I would love to work with trans and gender non-conforming people, but I don't feel ready. Like I barely know who the fuck I am. Who am I to stand up in front of people? And, um, and talk about gender. Are you kidding me? I can't do that. And then I realized, like, oh, I need to do it, but I need to do it from a place of humility. I can't pretend to be anything I'm not. But if I do that, you know, maybe something cool could come out of it. And what's come out of it is a lot of very powerful community, a lot more clear sense of who I am um, and who I'm not, right? Um, and um, I met, I've met trans and GNC people who like came out in their 70s and are transitioned in their 70s or transitioned in their 40s or transitioned you know what I mean or transitioned in their teens and like just remembering like it can come at any point and at any point or never and it's, it's still okay you know like that there's just no one pathway for this at all and, yeah, and there's no right way to be right I think Kristen's going to be famous one day. I think we should say his name on here because... Their name or or her name? Her name. (laughs) I'm I'm terrible at pronouns. I know. A lot of trans people are terrible at pronouns. I haven't had community Mm -hmm. to talk to and about Mm -hmm. in my life. So I'm sorry, Kristen. She, they (laughs) are fabulous and going to be famous. And I think that... You'll Christian know. Hansen Appel is going to be famous. They didn't consent to being on this video, but they're a trans oral historian uh, interviewer, so I think it's okay. And they're one of the founders, leaders of the Transgenerational Theater Project, mm-hmm. which we're all a part of right now doing these interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
kids are going to want to know. They're going to be like, oh, Lenny's talking about Christian. <laughs> They'll you'll probably be famous, too. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll ride their coattails. <laughs> um, huh, what, what else, what other direction do we want to go? Hmm. Have you got, how much time have we got? I think you have like 15 minutes. Huh. Well, it's for the New York Public Library. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to hear how New York has been in your life as a place with transgenderness or queerness mm-hmm. you know like what queer what maybe queer spaces that people in the future will have heard of have you been in and been a part of and seen and been to oh um great question um i think that i mean sage where we are now is such an incredible space in new york city um i think i remember the first day i ever walked in here and it was like or one of the very first days and it was halloween and it was like all these these amazing like beautiful older lgbt adults who i just had so much fun with and i was like oh this is what my future could look like you know and that was really beautiful and i love coming here and i love all of the like older trans and gnc adults here um and i think that it's really powerful to have people in their 30s and 40s be part of this place because like eventually this will be ours i know i feel the same way just it stand for something sage it's this services and advocacy for glbt elders services and advocacy good yeah. good okay yeah and it's it was the first of its kind to like be an older adult center specifically for older adults or for lgbt older adults and like one of the things I love about them is like a lot of older adult centers like have din have um, lunch in- instead of in- and Sage has dinner and it was because they like pu- pulled their constituents and were like what meal would you want and they're like fuck lunch we want to have dinner and then go out together and be cute like you know oh, like cool. we want a nightlife because like nightlife is such a big part of queer and like LGBT community right yeah um, so for me I think also like yeah going out um, to like. Um, you know, going out to parties and like, particularly like it came actually through like, um, well, if you're my former student and you're listening to this or you're my current student listening to this, you know, know that your educators are also adults. Um, so like consenting um, kink and, and, and sex positive community. Um, and that's where I've met a lot of incredible trans and gender queer people and like gender non-conforming people and actually learned to accept and love my body in its current form as it is. Um, and to like see it as a beautiful thing, even if I'm not sexualized as like a woman, like I air quotes around the word woman, because um, I think I, I learned to be sexual as a woman and very confused, and I don't, and and the, but but that never felt quite right, and I didn't know how to quite be my full self in those scenarios, and so being around trans people in those scenarios and seeing them struggle but also be in their power has been really incredible. Um, so some of the spaces in New York City, like, you know, there's a place called like the. the there's a space called submit and and there's like um like there's a there's a um, uh there's like things called the myth parties that don't really exist anymore maybe could exist in the future but we're mostly put on by community members who are interested in showing up they saw a need and they wanted to like start things um so those are some things that were very important for me in terms of like coming to a place of real like love and self-love around who i am like as a whole person I think that there's so much truth in that because as trans people whose bodies don't necessarily conform to whatever the norm is, 
I feel like there's a way in which you're your most true self, or I am my most true self, I don't like to speak for other people, in the nude. Mm -hmm. Like, you're naked, okay, somebody can see, oh, this part's sort of like what I think of as masculine, that part might be feminine, Mm -hmm. you know, and that being with a whole bunch of different trans people Mm -hmm. in the nude and seeing the wonderful variety Mm -hmm. of their bodies, and also then seeing that they're not broken and fucked up, they're actually sexy and gorgeous right, and, and fabulous whole. Exactly. and whole, it's very healing. Totally, and totally. I've thought of that in terms of uh, art instead, because there's been uh, projects that do photographs of nude trans people, mm. and I've thought that's that's powerful. Yeah, and the narrative also, like, it's a, and, and I like... I know so many people, trans people who have so much shame around their bodies and like different parts of their bodies, right? Whether they be their genitals, but also just any part of their body, right? Um, and that's, and and the, and they deserve, and I deserve whatever shame I feel like to have the support or resources to have that, like, ma- have their bodies match how they need it to be, right? Yeah. Um, and there are transgender conforming, transgender conforming people. I would consider myself one of them that really feel a lot of love for parts of their bodies that other people with the same exact identity feel less love about. Right. And sometimes I don't feel any love for those parts of my body and sometimes I really do and it shifts and it's not a static thing. And so like I wish that I wish that growing up that I had like known that it didn't have to be like one really clear idea like I was always just so jealous of these people who just like knew who they were and like I know what like I would I was jealous of these lesbians because in my head in my head the story was they just knew they were a lesbian it was so clear and everything was clear cut and dry and I was over here like real confused you know and like one day I'd feel one way and another way I'd feel another way and I think if I if I I would love to have heard, and I'm grateful now that I think, like, the young people I work with have a lot more role models, but there need to be even more still of people being like, it shifts, it changes, it can be whatever it is, I can love my body exactly the way it is and be trans, like, does, there's all lots, and then maybe, like, for five years I can love it, and then five years later I can, I can do something else, and then I can do something else after, like, um, I think that that is really revolutionary, and... I don't and, and just like getting away from the like a single narrative that um, you know that I internalize you know like and and it kept me from being my like from being out as my true self for a long time because I'm like oh like if I don't feel X then I can't be Y like if I don't feel like I hate this part of my body then I must not be like but I but I knew it was like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place and I was like, I don't, I don't, like, I didn't feel like I had space in between. And so that's why coming back to that galaxy idea, just like freeing out of, maybe it's because I'm a Virgo and I like, oh, I, I think a little in boxes, like a lot of, like a lot of people, but I'm like, like lists and rules and things and, and sometimes I get in my own way around that. Um, and so I'm also Aquarius, so I have some space to like flow and be airy. Anyway, um, I think that I want there to be more narratives out there. And I I also, one of the things about this project that I really loved is like being around trans people and watching them and myself shift their own narratives. Like sometimes in the project people will be like, only X pronouns, right? Only he, him pronouns. And then like halfway through the project they'll be like, he, him, or zizim, zir, or they, them, there. Or, you know, she, if you're feeling cute, you know, like, or if you're in the family, like, people getting really fluid with different parts of themselves and having, because I think when trans people feel safe, 
they often, not always, actually can get a lot more fluid and, and have that space to be. But it's, it's because the world like sort of tells us we have to be one way. Yeah, the you know. community gives you more options, and when you see other people doing all the different ways, you can try it out, or you, or not. And you can you be like, know? oh, yeah, and cool. see how it fits, and maybe keep it or slough it off yeah, later. Yeah, keep the stuff that works and, and, and chuck the rest, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we've made a really good message for kids about... Genderqueer kids at home, you're okay. Like, you're okay, and you don't have to be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And try to listen to yourself. Yeah. Right? That little, like, weird gutty feeling, you know, um, is, like, really important. And, like, the, the practice of listening to it, for me, I feel like I'm still learning it so much. And it's, like, it what makes me excited to be alive, even when I struggle with, like, feelings of sadness or whatever. The things that make me feel, like happy to be alive are the parts where I'm like I'm getting better at listening to myself and imagine if I'm getting better then what will be in 10 years you know how good will I be with myself in 10 years if I'm if I'm better than, to myself now than I was 10 years ago so that's that's what you know and it's deep yeah. you know it it really might be about evolution mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like listening to yourself and letting yourself evolve into what you want to be or should be or really are but didn't you know that it takes some opening up of the layers yeah letting yourself evolve is like all of it that's I, I feel like that's what that's what it is about for me is like letting myself evolve um and standing getting out of my own way and and yeah Thanks for interviewing me, That's Kyle. That's beautiful. Well, you rock. You rock, we, Kyle. We don't stop. Okay, it. don't stop it. Okay. Wrap up questions. Mm-hmm. How do you feel emotionally, mentally, physically right now? So basically, you're okay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I've got a little bit of a headache because we had a long, badass day of making theater. Um, I feel proud of myself, and I feel more connected to you. I'm really proud of you too and more connected to you. I think we did, if you wanted people to hear one thing from you, what would it be? But if anything else leaps to mind. Yeah, it's an evolution. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. If you wanted to be remembered for one thing, what would it be? I think it's your look. My look? So <laughs> you fabulous. can't see my look, but I wear, but you, I, we I, I, I love picture. color. Oh, we'll take a picture and I, I have color. I like sparkles. I like color and I like uh, galaxy imagery for sure. Yeah. Thank you. All okay, right. I'm going to hit stop. You. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>